Today on Talk About That, John laments his December birthday and explores the history of his family name. Meanwhile, I ponder the art of interruption and whether people still use a Rolodex, plus a conversation about the pressure to identify ourselves by our job. Today's episode is not sponsored by Fajitas. When you're hungry for food and attention, order Fajitas. Let's do it. Another Monday, another Talk About That. I'm John with Johnny. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't... Oh, you're going to talk now? No. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. I thought we had a I cadence. like our flow. It's our chemistry. <laughs> do you, what do you do when you watch basketball games and they step on like the two, the commentators, the and they apologize to each other? Yeah. I wonder if one of them like, really gets mad. I think it's weirder when they stop and then they apologize at the same time and then they... One of them pauses. Like I think we're used to some overlap now in the way that we receive, inter- even entertainment. Yeah, I don't know when that started. I started seeing it. I think I started seeing it in um, even the way they would do like cartoons, like uh-huh. The Simpsons. You would have people interrupt yeah. a line. Whereas when you watch like old episodes of on Nick at Night or something of I love, I love Lucy or Jack Benny or right. The Honeymooners, it's like. I say a line, you say a line, the crowd laughs. I say a line, you say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it felt like that wasn't, there was a uh, a lack of authenticity there in a way. Yeah. So they kind of unlocked something when they started writing characters who would interrupt and, but there obviously is overkill and there's like, pardon the interruptions, my favorite show. And it's, it's literally, that's the name of the show because they, they talk over each other. And they just live with it. Well, They're just like an exam- old married couple. Yeah, it's another example of a show that changed that right. dynamic. Because they're uh-huh. 20 years now, right? Yeah, over 20, I yeah. think. Yeah. And because I saw some big anniversary uh-huh. thing on the end of the day. But yeah, they literally created. Now, whether or not it's created a crowded. Right. Um, Who just do it worse than they do. Right. Like you just, it's a knockoff. Yeah. It's like Seinfeld broke the mold for comics. He was that guy that was like the old school in that he wore the suit. But he could just write you under a table, just like the scientist of jokes. And so in the 80s, you just had like Jerry, and then you had like 800 people who were doing their version of Jerry. Yeah. And a lot of those guys don't do comedy anymore. They just faded away because it was the knockoff. So yeah, you have that in with PTI. You see news shows done that way where they have little segments. Yeah. Even Good Morning America, you see it. It's just they really revolution. That's a really revolutionary idea because it tapped into our ADD mindset of like all right i'll listen to them talk to the lakers but no more than three minutes and you go oh well that's what they're gonna do they're gonna talk about the lakers you're like okay and then they're gonna talk about the dodgers yeah then they're gonna talk about the dodgers okay well i like the dodgers i'll wait but yeah. we didn't know that before we were just like are they ever gonna talk about the dodgers now we know and so we <laughs> expect it yeah. we expect that information from but anyway all that said we i feel like we have uh we step on each other and we just let it be it is what it is hey man i mean what, 20, 1998, 24 yeah. years of friendship? There's a rhythm to, no, I think 25. you could tell. Like, I think if we had a third person and then they were interjecting and we are a fourth, third, and fourth person, because I see some of these shows like Dan Patrick's show where yeah. they all come in or their Dan has to go like, yeah, and he'll call on them. Yeah. Because it would just be chaos if they all were just to randomly start speaking all at once. There's some other podcasts I like where there's three or four people talking, and it does get crowded. It's usually they're laughing or it's funny, you yeah. know, interjecting. Uh, we did the one with Reggie and I did the one with Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin, yeah, on Dadville, and it got a few times. I some thought, of limitations of Skype, though, right? It's uh, like there's like delays and passive mics and things. Yeah, and they did great, but I really I would have preferred in person for that reason. I can yeah, see you taking a breath. Yeah, you know, exactly. Whatever, yeah, and they're not gonna be like, ah, my chance. <laughs> <You> just jump in. <laughs> he takes a drink. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, I don't ever want to be the guy. I feel like I am, and I don't want to be this guy. I've tried to grow here. That's only thinking about what I want to say next. It's really hard. It is, especially when you know, like we're recording right now. Someone expects me to say something next. Like I have yeah, to think about it. Yeah, and you want it. to be like we're so pushed to be interesting as people, and especially if you're making content, you don't want to be like I'll just lay back and let it come to me. Like that's a great way to have no listeners. Right. It's that weird thing of you want you you what there's a thing you say you want and there's a thing you really want. I think we're seeing that and we're having a cultural moment with that with like men, like what women want in men and what 
culture is telling them they want in men. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's like we're like, I just want a man who will listen. I don't want a man who's sensitive. And I want a man who blah, blah, blah. But when you meet that guy, you're like, that guy's That's weird. Could, <laughs> he, could he change a tire? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like You think you want that, and then you meet that guy, and you're like, no, nah, I'm not attracted to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you just described my entire high school experience. They met me. They were like, this is not what I thought yeah, it's at like all. It's like this idealism. It's like, um, Actually, right I now, can change a tire really well. Sorry, go ahead. Thank you. That's, I, I know I was going to ask you for help later. Yeah. Uh, I, we're having that moment in sports. Like, you're not a big NBA guy, but you've seen this happen over and again. And it's, it's happening now where we get mad at players for leaving. Oh, he's not loyal, blah, blah, blah. And you look back at these guys like Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller stayed with the Pacers his whole career. That's a that's a guy right there. Yeah. But then there's those same people will go. Ah, he's not in the same category as he those guys. He never won a championship. Yeah. So you, it's like we give and we take away with the same breath. It's yeah. so weird. So we have these expectations, and then we just. But yeah, I think it's important for what we do is like you have to be thinking, but not in the same. There's a there's a difference of like. Thinking of the next thing to say to keep a conversation moving versus like, I bet I can top that story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in a bar, sports bar and you're like, yeah, you met him. I met this guy. And like you right. just feel like you're it's a competition. It's got to be hard for you, though, because you are a punchline and tag guy. That's your career. Yeah. So if I'm saying something stupid that is just mildly, oh, well, I thought, that's interesting to think about. You're thinking of, I'm about to make this into a real joke. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you do that all the time, and I love it. Yeah. It's not like, hey, guys, here is warm, 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 hotter, and then Johnny comes in. Hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it makes me, what I'm saying is, is you don't listen to anything I say during that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no. I don't, I... But I am trying to be, like, I, I do think I'm trying to be, and I think I'm evolving into a better listener, but mainly it's because, like, I was thinking about that when we start having guests, because we're talking about having guests uh, uh, in the future shows. And I, and I want to do uh, – and I actually think about launching a solo podcast that will be completely interview-based because I travel so many. I meet so many comedians. I'm like, I need to be doing interviews with these guys. Right. But that will be a different challenge because, yeah, I've listened to some of those podcasts like that where you're in, two comedians are interviewing each other, but it's one guy who's like the host. Yeah. And it's so hard not to be like – you have Jeff Foxworthy on, and he starts talking about his starting comedy to not jump in and go like, well, I started at the blah, blah, blah. Right. Because you want to share that thing, but then you realize like – the people who are listening to this want to hear what Jeff Foxworthy has to say. Yeah. So it's hard to know that balance of like, I'm just now, because you want to have a conversation where you're shooting the breeze with two comics because that's the point. I don't know. It's, it's hard very, to know that balance. It's very interesting to me the, the way that whole conversation, Dane and I were talking this morning about what when people ask us that we do, yeah. what's the first thing we respond with as creatives. And it's interesting I don't respond if you ask me, well, what do you do if I meet a stranger? I don't say pastor as the first thing. Yeah. Do you think and, you would? Is there a time you would have? Yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously before you started writing books, but I'm saying like after you wrote the first book, did you go, I'm an author? Well, and that's the crazy thing. I don't say author. Okay. Um, I say Collab writer. I say writer. Okay, writer. Writer's broader. And, and, and part of it, and Dane and I were going, it was a really fun conversation. We were really deep. But I was like, I think part of it is, is... I'm confident to say I'm a writer. Yeah. Even though I am an author, Laura will say it to me sometimes. She's like, hey, you know you're an author, right? But since I work predominantly as a collaborator, and I have yeah. authored a few things, but they're not wildly successful. So I have, as much as I harp on a non-quantification mindset, like instinctively I respond. You're still quantifying in your right. own mind. I respond yeah. with a thing that goes, yeah, well, I don't want to call myself an well, one, Calling yourself an author sounds pretentious to me. You know, that's what yeah. you do. I don't know why it does. But I bet if I was a New York Times bestselling author, I'd probably say author. Yeah. Because then the world would have validated that thing. So I say writer. I don't know, Johnny. I'm a mess. How much time you got? <sighs> 45 minutes-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That is that is an interesting thing. Like what you say first is what you are. I mean, I guess it's easier for somebody that has like one job. But yeah, if you're creative, like what do you, what do you respond? How do you see yourself? That's a weird. And if you if you see somebody get really squirrely when that question is asked, well, I do a lot of things. Like you're like, oh boy. Well, it's funny. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but I'll ask him or I'll cut it out. But he said, I don't say I'm in a band. Yeah. Like, that's not the first thing I respond with. For the very thing you just said, like, oh, here, great. Here we are. We're in Nashville using the right. band, you know. Yeah. So, you know, he has several things that he does. And so he he's like, I also don't want to put all – well, I do this, 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 and this because, you know. Yeah. And it's hard because – and I don't know if that's a, 
I don't think that's a guy thing and a female thing. I really, really don't. I think it's a cultural – I think it does affect guys more historically in culture. But I think the cultural sort of um, pressure mm. to define yourself by – or be able to articulate a definition of yourself by something significant or meaningful yeah. or even – lucrative that you do by lucrative i mean like just make a living like what do you do that causes that allows you to eat it's really the question we're asking and is it interesting versus what some we all do something is yours more interesting than someone else's yeah and there's creative categories where you're like if i say that you know then i'm and i don't say pastor i told him and the only reason i don't say pastor is because they treat me differently yeah it's gonna be a different kind of conversation if i say pastor first so if we talk for a while, we've kind of really connected and we're, you know. Especially they let a few expletives fly in the first right. part of the conversation. Like, oh. Um, and they go back and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I do they is immediately just let, start changing. I found the way to help that is I just let expletives fly. Right. Like, and then they're Set not. Set them com- Completely. That. And then I tell them I'm a pastor. Like, what? What, what sort of is... filthy. You yeah. know, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. It is interesting, though, like that thing of we guys take on and i don't know if, how, if women have this same thing maybe culturally we're getting there where women feel that that same pressure but like yeah it's all it's immediately like what do you do yeah what what value are you adding to the universe or what have you made like if you're creative what have you made if you, cause if you say i'm a comedian right if i seen you anywhere would yeah. I, where would i know you from yeah. you're like well i'm a working comic but i mean i've, I've done a few things you've been on you know Fallon, whatever tv right. show yeah and you're like, no. And they're like, okay. And then there's like a little check mark in their head. I'm like, all right, this guy's probably lying. <laughs> it's like it's like there's a hole in the bucket. And yeah. The moment you can patch it with a with a great project or experience, then they'll put their finger in the hole and, and loud, this is how much you have left. But yeah, from the time you tell them, yeah. it's draining until you stop the drain with, oh, yeah, I've been on. Oh, okay, cool. Then you have this much. You right. Know? Yeah, that's the same thing with it. What have you written that I would have read? I'm like, nothing, uh, yeah. I'm sure. Ever hear of the Bible? <laughs> Heresy becomes me. Um, it's a, it's a, it really is hard because then we, you and I, all of us, we do go seek those things. Like, I, I think it's okay to seek. That's a weird thing. Is like, that's the hard part is like letting yourself off the hook for wanting to have things and build things and make things and seek things. I think it's like, that's the difference between like, we talk about, uh, you know, consumerism. Like, it's okay to own things as long as they don't own you. Boy, and come I think, on, guys. I think it's that's the same thing that's with your good. job. Like, you can have a job, but, like, this idea of, like, just don't let it become your identity. It's like, that is so much easier said than done. Yeah. When the whole world makes it your identity. Right. The minute they find out what you are, they have made... You do it to yourself and we do it to other people. So it's like, but don't whatever you do, don't let your job become your identity. It's like, okay, that's an easy one. Right. <laughs> and like literally in many cases, your last name historically right. evolved was your, was your from job. your job. I wonder what a Wethington was. Oh, my goodness. It's like yeah, a, have you not done your historical? It's like a, it's some kind of farm equipment. <laughs> Fetch the Wethington. <laughs> they milk goats with it or something. It certainly sounds like English to me. Yeah. Or, you know, Anglo in yeah. origin. It's very white. Yeah. <laughs> it's ultra white. <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know, whatever they did, it was another, it was a job with a lot of white people around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's either what you did or where you're from. Yeah, usually. that's true. So well, mine, the Earl, Earl of Wethington. I remember growing up, people, I remember they would, they would want, I wonder if we, you know, drove carriages, you know, driver. I wonder if we, you know, were the leader of a workforce so we were the heavy driver you know like and what it really means when i researched it is it actually is norman well, everything comes back to norman here no, by the way i listened last week to norman conquistador yeah <laughs> i laughed out loud and i was there for the first time you said it that's funny johnny we need to create we need a listener we need right like now an action figure yeah so a listener needs to give us a graphic of what you think we've got several artists yeah. that follow us you guys, we will we will post if someone sends us. Maybe we will make a T-shirt. Who knows? Norman Conquistador. Yeah, uh, your WWE. Is that correct? Well, yeah, WWF. You know, because they got sued by the World Wildlife Foundation in the nineties. Did you say World Wildlife Wildlife Foundation? Yeah, the, you know the panda. Logo. Oh, they. I didn't know that. That's why they're not WWF anymore. They had to become World Wrestling Entertainment. The other thing was the steroid trial, where Vince McMahon basically said, "Well, we're just entertainment." 
Uh, so they kind of skirted the. Yeah. Basically, he exposed the whole business, though, because there were still people out there that thought wrestling was real. So wow. he came out and was like, no, 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 it's not real. And it's okay if we blow ourselves up like balloons. And they were like, okay, I'll uh, allow it. It's like one of those judges on Law and Order. <laughs> I'll allow it, but watch yourself, McCoy. <laughs> so Driver comes from, it's the you know, French region, is ancient Norman. Ancient Norman. Normandy, yeah. And it was uh, of the river, the river. So it's an area there, a town. Like going on down to the river. And no river. <laughs> So then over time, and actually, if you look at the old, if you look at old, like there was a driver that came over with William the Conqueror, okay, uh, ten sixty six. So he was a part of the. This Norman. feels like you're making yourself bigger than you. guys. I'm kind of a, I'm like Ron Burgundy. I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, my family were conquerors. I mean, it's you know, whatever. It's whatever, man. What do you do? I do the podcast. It's whatever. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just saying it from normal. I'm less about conquering. It's like things have been conquered. I'm like, I'm moving on. Yeah, like, like we already did that. What's left? I, yeah. I did that. I could, go, years ago. I could go conquer. It's in my blood, but it's like, like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> and it had all these variations and derivations over time, like, uh, yeah, drive or or or, or dive. So D Y V E. Would there be a Y? Okay, yeah. yeah. And then D I V E and D I D Y V E R. So all they. It's interesting to watch it from ten sixty six on. Are these just people making typos? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's the records, man. Okay. Listen, historical research, bro. It'll. Uh, it's a nerdy thing to do. But you need to go look up Weathington. I'm afraid to know who I'm descended from. I yeah. just think it's going to be. Thieves and prostitutes. What if you found out that your family and my family both came over with the Norman Conquest? What if, like, we were conquering back then just like we are now? What? Huh? <laughs> Tag team. And then we high five. Oh, my goodness. No, I don't think there's any chance of It'd be that. like, my family worked for your family. It'd be something like that. Oh, you could be hold great. It my head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> your family was my family's butlers. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I am working for you now. I, I do all the production. You, you do. just walk in. I said that to somebody down. the other day because they were saying, oh, it was my niece. She goes, um, I think I want to have a podcast. And I was like, okay. You need to call John. He does everything. Yeah. So she's 14. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, well, she goes, what do I need to do? And I was like, I think she's just thinking technically, like, what is there to do? And I was like, well, the thing you need to do first is like have an idea. You want to know exactly what you want to talk about. And then she goes, crickets. Well, yeah, but then I felt immediately like stupid because we don't have an agenda for what we talk about. Hey, don't tell them that. <laughs> that is not true, listener. So it's just like saying, like, you watch whatever you do, you don't want to just get on and start rambling <laughs> like a weirdo. And she was like, oh, and I was like, clearly she's never heard our show. <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've heard. A long so time. now I have to, I'm probably going to try to get her some gear or whatever and see if I can help. But, but what I had to tell her was, I don't know anything about how to get a podcast on the air. I just know how to like record it what you mean you don't even know how to record it you know i can re I record the intro so i know how to like that's hit record that's true you don't know how to record it but i don't know what to do with it once it's like how to get it into space listen guys i don't i know internet's a series of tubes i think it is yeah if one that's gets clogged it, buddy yeah it's a bad day on the every internet. now and again they have to take a day and close the internet to clear it of all the like digital flotsam and jetsam yeah that's what i've heard yeah that's <laughs> Because there's all kinds of particles out there that get – it's just a lot in there. Every time that Sadie uses Epsom salts, I always have this stupid idea in my head. You know there's that that random font that's not real words, lorem ipsum. Oh, uh, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I always want to like make this – I thought you meant not real letters. That's a wingdings, right? Oh, well, that's they're the, real letters, but they're just – Yeah, yeah, lorem ipsum. And yeah, yeah with, when you get a blog and they – it's, I'm assuming that's Latin of some sort. Any template has lorem ipsum. Right. It's always funny when you see somebody's webpage and they forgot to delete that. Yeah. It's just like, it'll say like, this week, you know, fundraising gala, lorem ipsum, omnibus. You just imagine like a monk, like hitting himself with a board on a Monty Python sketch. Well, as always, I want to make lorem ipsum salts. Lorem ipsum salts. And like, you, you yeah. don't know what, you know, fragrance they are. It's just a bunch of random letters on the back. Yeah, it's know? just whatever they could find and throw into a box. Right. And then you put it in hot water. But I think that's such a weird, deep, nerdy. That's a dumb. Just yeah, dumb, dumb thing. Like, right. I can't. Even, I won't even say it to my daughter or wife. Like yeah. number one, Sadie would have no idea. She'd look at me like I had three heads instead of the two heads. She looks at me like That'd I be a funny now. fake name. Ipsum, Laura Ipsum. You know, 
<laughs> like just feel like a, a celebrity putting a fake hotel name or whatever oh, like that's they did. Great. Yeah. Somebody asked me that one day. It's so funny when somebody like you talk about not being famous and and having like success, but it's like you're still under the radar enough to where it's like whatever. And you still have to like tell people, oh, I've done things. Well, that's been my whole life, and so even when I started doing comedy, like I've made a living from comedy for uh, twelve years now. But it's like, you know, I, people ask me things like at the show, they'll be like. Now, uh, I'll tag you in these photos if that's okay. Like, I don't know who manages your social media. And I'm like, I, I manage. And they go, what? Like, they're so floored yeah. that I manage. If they don't ask that if I've had a bad show. They're not like, oh, cool. Uh, like, hey, listen, pay me $5. I'll tag you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's funny. And it's once somebody asked me if I check into the hotel under my own name. Like they thought that that would be like a. You Dude, don't, I hope you, don't you came up with something witty. No, <laughs> no, I just was like floored that they would ask it. I was just like, yeah, like it's Beetlemania or something. Oh, I have to just use an assumed name. It's Beetlemania. Or people come find my room number because <laughs> I told a joke. No, oh, that's great. We're not there yet. I hope yeah. we never get there. Actually, that'd be too weird. Yeah. Like when I was out with Hawkins, um, like I know I mentioned Tim sometimes on the show, and people may be weird about it, but this is like that's my reference for like. A successful comic that I worked with for like seven years, so it really is my that's my reference point. Right, but he would have, you know, twenty five hundred people come to see him in this town, and then we'd get on a bus and we would usually go to the next town. But every now and again, he would want to go get a burger or something. Yeah, so we'd go, and then there would be like a handful of people at that Whataburger who were at the show, mm-hmm. and they're like rubbernecking, and I think Tim Hawkins, and they they're freaked out that he like eats burgers, like right. they don't know what to do. Yeah. But that happened like I said. Does this ever like freak you out? And he's like, No, it happens like just enough times that it's still really cool to me. Yeah, like that's it great. never, you know. So it's like that's the level you want. Yeah, where you can get two thousand people to come see you in a city, and then if you wind up at the same restaurant, a few people come over to you and say hello and that they loved the show. But that's the extent of it. See, they're the- not like we worship you. <laughs> it's not like a girls screaming and tearing their cl- like that's too much. John, right, you don't. Well, want we've, that. I've had it. You know, right. It's when not chief, a big, we, I remember the whole conquering, the conquering thing. thing yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> the equivalent of that as a pastor of a small church in a town. Yeah, is I don't go to any restaurant where I don't just see someone who's left my church. Oh, that's true. That is a, that's another thing. That's not a different, see someone that's a who, different water burger. It, it is a, a very different one. Like a lot of pastors of a big church go and don't see someone. They don't go to a restaurant without seeing someone who goes to their church. Yeah. I don't go to a restaurant without seeing someone who's left. Well, they church. see the people who've left too. They just you're just mm-hmm. you're being negative. And I'm just like, no, I'm not being negative. I'm telling you like, you know what I'm saying? Like they see it too. Maybe that's just like when you have so many people. You don't just know like, what they see. <laughs> <laughs> you're just imagining them. You're like building them up to be like they have so many people. They don't even. Know. No one ever leaves a good church. <laughs> <laughs> people don't leave churches. The, Only mine. The greatest story. I told someone this story this week. The greatest story. Of someone leaving a church that ever happened to us, and we have some doozies, is a guy walked into Andrew's office and said, basically, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Here's a book. You should read this book. This is how you should do church. Okay. And now the book, oddly enough, is by a guy who has been featured and mentioned on The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, okay. James McDonald. Yeah. It was called Vertical Church, and he had a major scandal. Major, major, and, yeah. And so it was Vertical Church. And so, you know, Andrew's such a humble. He really is. Andrew has the patience to respond in moments like that beyond what I have. Like, he's very non-reactive. Yeah. You know, very non-reactive. He will – he just won't – I've been in meetings where, like, how is he not, you know, reaching for a weapon right now kind of uh-huh. thing? But he just can hold together because he's a better person than I am. And he – said, well, okay, well, I mean, I'm really sorry to hear that. I'm just curious, you know, what did you take away from the book, you know, that I need to look into? And the guy goes, I haven't read it. (laughs) (laughs) He hadn't even read the book. He just knew the cliff notes. Yeah, he didn't even know the cliff notes. He was just like, I guess someone just told him this is what good church is or whatever. And he came in and and there was no tension. Yeah. That, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said. Right. That having not read it myself, you know, and it was just like, well, okay, man. Well, that's the fame. There's a famous old joke that probably maybe our listeners haven't heard because I always assume people have heard the old church street jokes. But like the most famous one that I know that's still so funny to me is the guy stranded on a desert island. Ten years later, somebody finally finds him and he's built these three thatch huts 
in a row. Yeah. And they're like, okay, uh, we're here to rescue you. Let's get your stuff together. And he's like, okay. And they go, if you don't ask him, what are these three buildings? He goes, well, the first one is my house. And then uh, that second one is my church. And the third one is where I used to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the best. Yeah, I had a that weird... That like sums all of church. If you're a pastor, that sums up your entire angst in one joke. Oh, my gosh. Because like you just imagine a person, even on a desert island, he's gonna, he found a way to leave a church. He split with himself. <laughs> yeah, I had a weird, another weird thought this morning in Carline. I was like... What is the second Noel? Like, why do we need to delineate it's the first? Huh. And, like, did, did, like, if you go to the second Noel, did the first split? You know what I'm saying? Is it like your first rodeo? Right, yeah. What is the first Noel? Why is it not, are there, has there been more than one? Did one of the shepherds say, this ain't my first Noel? (laughs) And you're like, no, it actually is. See, this is one more, more, more and hot. You just made it to the joke I needed. (laughs) And see, now, can we now say that that joke is by Johnny W with John Driver. With, yeah, you're through Could, collaborating. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. collaborated with you. I, you know, I've got a Christmas event tomorrow uh, in Toledo. Can you use it at a church? Uh, and it's not the church is not called Holy Toledo, which I think they're missing a real <laughs> opportunity there. And I'm going to let them know. But I'll, I'll tell it tomorrow. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll I'll punch it up. I'll make it yeah better. So you tell me it had it, what, what did Seth used to say? It had uh, it's got legs. It's got legs. Yeah. You think it had? That's legs? not a Seth thing. Seth got that from me. That's a comedy thing. Sorry, no, I just meant. But he like, would say you it. You know, all. like that famous comedian <laughs> Seth used to say. I think he used to say it's got legs. I didn't mean it came from him. It's he hilarious. said it so often. Every time yeah. he'd walk up and say, "You go, hey Johnny, they just got legs." <laughs> he would say something. So, all right, you take it. Yeah. And whatever residuals are coming my way, right. we'll set up a little account. I'll have my yeah. social media manager call you. Okay. Uh, your social media manager. Yeah. And uh, which means I'll call you. We'll get to. <laughs> we'll get together on it. <laughs> the second Noel, Johnny. That's so the funny. second Noel. This, uh, this ain't my first Noel. Man, you always get there, don't you? It's just natural. It's like a muscle. Mm. You've got to you got to keep working it, John. It'll atrophy. Hey, Johnny, it has atrophied. It's too late. Do they have a Tim's unit for a Tim's unit for comedy humor? muscle? <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of what you call yourself, what's the difference between calling yourself a comedian and a comic? Is there a difference? I don't know. I've had people tell me that there was that were. I've heard. I've seen. I've read articles from people who were like trying to like. I think they're interchangeable. I think comics are more likely to say comic because outside people, when they say, when you say comic, they think of a comic book. Yeah. So like if I'm talking to another comedian, I would say, oh, this guy's, this guy's another comic. But if I'm talking to you, I would, I would say it to you because you know what I mean. Yeah. But if I'm talking to like a random person, I would say comedian. Interesting. And then they used to, with female comics used to be pressured to use the term comedian, which I hate. And, uh, and I know female comics must have hated it too. Uh, I'm a comedian with like an E-N-N-E. And yeah. you're like, Ugh, stop it. Just stop it. If they're funny and they belong on stage, get on stage. Yeah. 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 It's dumb. I hate that whole like, I hate that thing. So you're not in favor of the Lady Vols then? I am. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I think that distinction provides like clarity to what you're watching. So you guys know the Tennessee Volunteers, you know, Pat Summit, the seven-time national championship winning coach at Tennessee who tragically died Alzheimer's. And so there was a whole thing. A new AD came in, new athletic director. Yeah. And trying to be sort of, I guess, woke, decided to make everybody just the volunteers and not have the lady volunteers I forgot about this. Name the court the summit. Yeah. And the... There was an absolute outrage yeah. among the Lady Vols. Like it was the Lady Vols who said, no, this is the identity we like. We right. built a whole thing around it. And they, when Philip Fulmer became AD, he switched it back. Right. But it was like trying to equalize actually yeah. took away something from them yeah. that they liked. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and I think it's just, yeah, they're two different, really, it's two different products, honestly. Whereas I think with female comedians, it's not two different products. Like, right. I mean, I've seen some female comics that just smoke. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I've seen some guy comes like, well, so if you, did, if you want to divide those two things up and be like, well, is this, what is this? Am I seeing a, and I don't even like it in shows when guys introduce, we got a lady comic coming up next. Uh, it's like, stop doing what that. What does it matter? Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, that's the real difference is that like, there's equity of, there's like if you have a if you put a, a male tennis player versus a female tennis player, the male can usually serve it like 50 miles an hour faster. Yeah, that's not true with jokes. Like women can write jokes, right? So, just as fast as just men. as fast. Guys, we're an egalitarian podcast. I like to think of myself as the Venus Williams 
<laughs> of male comics, which is you weird. Know, it, it, if them introducing the women comics that way is the equivalent, and I just remember this when you first started, it happened all the time. Yeah. That some pastor introducing you is trying to get some sort of laugh for themselves. Yeah. And they will say, now we got Johnny coming. He's going to tell you some jokes. Now, now look, I want y'all to laugh even if they're not funny. Yeah. And I could just, I would look over, I would, I would hurt <laughs> so bad. Like, oh man, why don't you just go ahead and tell all the people he's not going to be funny. I did a show last night and the guy, it went well. And the guy was so over the moon. He was, he, the pastor was sitting in like table two right in front he gets up to like, yeah, thanks for coming. And he was still laughing. And he said, I'll just tell you guys, if you didn't like what that was, you're at the wrong church. And I was like, man, now that's a that's an endorsement. <laughs> it's a bold move. <laughs> it's yeah. one thing to say, like, let's give Johnny another hand. It's another thing to say, like, if you didn't laugh, get out. His <laughs> sister Ethel gets and up never back come back. stomps out with her purse. <laughs> you her take hand. your tithe money and you get. <laughs> I was like, man, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care if you support missionaries. That's right. Drop him. We want. Yeah, this. man. Yeah. That well, that's good. But man. Yeah. So that's that's gone. It's gone the other way. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm moving the needle, John. Wow. You really have. You're changing culture. No, but yeah, there is that thing of a pastor trying to get a laugh for himself, and it never really bothers me. Sometimes it's, it works in your favor because because you just, make fun of him. Then. Well, no. It's just <laughs> that it's not even if I I would roast him. Sometimes I would, but. You don't even need it. Like if somebody gets up and they're an amateur and then you get up and you're a pro, yeah. it's going to just look a juxtaposition. They only can evident. only help you yeah. unless they said something offensive and then right. you have to like fix it, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But usually it's just they make a corny joke and then you get up and make a polished joke and they go, oh, OK. And the show has started. Yeah. It just feels like the show. So I never get mad if the pastor's like, hey, I got a guy in the youth group that wants to do 10 minutes. I'm like, cool. I don't. I used to fight it. Now I'm just like, no, this is fine. It's it's just gone well so many times yeah. that I just don't fight it anymore. So if you were to back out of that scenario, this is now where the Enneagram Six goes way deep yeah. and dark. How many times have you been brought on tour to be that guy? Oh wow, that's uh, you know what I'm saying. I think uh, I think you're more funny than all the people. I'm the guy that made the other guy look good. I wonder if that could be. Yeah, that's the thing no, that you don't, don't want to so. you don't want to believe about yourself. But, who but knows? I don't think that's true, Johnny. Listen, I think I will say that there's way more to comedy because uh, there was a guy asking a couple of questions on my Insta about like some things we said uh, about comedy career and hustle in general, and I didn't want to answer it on the air because I figured I felt like I would have an answer, and so I want to answer that. But I will say that like. In my career, I think there's a thing of like when I, what I tell young comics and what I had to learn for myself and was taught was like comedy, like being funny. When you start, you think it's like 80 percent and you just imagine like, oh, I'm funnier than that guy. Yeah. Then why is he getting that opportunity or why is his calendar full and my calendar's not? And like there's so many or you see a guy that's really funny and he's like begging for work. And you're like, oh, no. And it really is depressing. Yeah. And then when you get to know those guys, you're like, you see their people skills or you see some like bad business decisions or you see them like turn down something they think they're, they were too good for. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's really awkward around everybody who could help him. Yeah. And he flirts with girls in the green room and makes them uncomfortable. Or he, you know, yeah. you start seeing like, oh, everybody gets a chance at a break. If you do it long enough and you write jokes at all, you get a chance to like sink or swim. And it's what happens in those moments. But I really thought it was like 80% jokes. And now I realize it's like, that's like 30% maybe. And that's like a really high estimate probably. Wow. And so that's kind of depressing. And it's kind of like, well, now at least I know the rules. I think you just told me I could get into comedy because you're about thirty percent. The jokes funny. are the yeah. <laughs> I was saying the jokes are the least part, but I have great people skills. Yeah. So um, yeah, believe me, I've seen it. Do you have a Rolodex I could borrow? I don't. Or... What is a Rolodex? No, <laughs> it's so funny. Like that's a thing still in our culture, but like what? Like saying Rolodex to somebody, I wonder what people think it is. Yeah. Like if you were to ask Dane what a Rolodex is, do you think he would know? Mm. What is he? Twenty seven. He may be, he may be pushing three, 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 <laughs> three decades. <laughs> I wonder, like, I wonder where, when Rolodex, like, I'm your mom had a Rolodex. Yeah. And, but, and it, like, it, then she would add, you know, you could buy those kits where you could add pages. Yeah. So there'd be like these old parchmented 
pages on it, and they're like, oh, these are the new ones. I'm crisp. Yeah. And then you could pull it out. You could be like, here's my cart, and you'd pull it. It could pull a number out of the Rolodex and take it with you. Yeah. Well, I was watching an episode of Michael Scott Paper Company. Yeah. And where Dwight steals his Rolodex, <laughs> and he's trying to take his, you know, clients, and Mike's had all these notes written to himself. Do you remember this episode? Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't watched these episodes in a while, and I was dying. Like, they were so funny. And Michael has all these color-coded things on the card, and so Dwight's like, hey, you know, Mike, and he's just reading it yeah. to the guy's face. Like, he's standing in front of him. He's like, uh, how is your black wife? And the guy's like, eyes are real big. Like, he kept saying all these, how is your, you know, <laughs> drug addict son? You know, like, yeah. it was, my, you know, Michael was really connected with the family and made notes to remember them, and yeah. Dwight's reading it all, and so he loses all of them, and Michael at the end goes, I've color-coded all of those uh, so orange means, aren't you glad you'd never say that? And green means, go ahead and not say that. He goes, pretty much every one of them means don't say it. <laughs> it's like his color code was so – like red, green, and orange all meant the same thing. Don't say any of this. And Dwight That's said right. all of it. So it's just uh, – Yeah, so if they had Rolodex on the office, that means it's a pretty like – recent death of their or maybe they were pointing that out to show like that michael's still stuck it in was, the 80s or whatever well i mean when he was getting the clients for that you know, he actually got some clients during that time yeah. and, and there was like i think ryan made the statement like look at the old guy go with his rolodex so it was yeah somewhat a callback to a, a, huh. a simpler time but i just wonder if like you had to p- paint a picture in your mind if you're you know a young uh, you know, a zennial <laughs> and you just said rolodex i wonder what yeah. they would imagine would know. they imagine like a digital thing or would they imagine like what it is, which is just a, a bunch of cards with people's numbers written on them that spin around on a wheel. I don't know. Is there a Rolodex app, I wonder now? There has to be. Where you just flip through and it flips through and it makes a cool, like, whooshing sound, maybe? I bet you, I bet you there is. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's no way to know. Rolodex, not a sponsor. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to have a sponsor that's like a product that's a defunct product? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is sponsored by AMC Auto. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even make them anymore. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah. United Artists. Like, what? Are they gone? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's gone. great. That's great. Um, so what's your next show, Johnny? I'm in, uh, so I'm in Toledo tomorrow, and then I have one last show for the year, and that is in uh, East Peoria, mm. Illinois. Wow. Scenic and exotic Peoria. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's it for the year. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home, uh, hopefully, and be with family on uh, a couple of days of before Christmas and stay in Knox Vegas, Knox Vegas, hang out uh, with my brother and the nieces and, uh, see some family and see Curry's family. Yeah. What are you doing? You're staying here. Uh, we'll be, you we'll, don't go to, Ar- you go to Arkansas anymore? No, not at Christmas. Usually we used to do a family reunion that's in Paris, Tennessee. They all, they come from there. I don't it's, even know where that is. You don't know where Paris is? No. It's Paris landing. We're at the state park there. We usually do every year, but with the last two years, the COVID has, uh, at the state park? Yeah, there's cabins. Oh, you... I thought that's exactly like it's so a rest stop. So my wife's... It's catered by Lance. <laughs> You're going to love it. Tom's Tom's Chips. <laughs> it's uh, There's like three cabins, and so my father-in-law has two brothers, and so all their, their all the families stay You just choose up one. like a kickball game? Oh, we play... who stays in the cabins? We play... We play uh, <laughs> stay, yeah, you stay with your it's family, you know, and then the kids run around in the woods. It's a, gr- a lot of fun. We go play usually... You know, we play, I don't know, wiffle ball or we play, there's a swimming pool there they had. So anyway, that's the answer to your question. We don't go to Arkansas. Usually we go meet up in the summer. But so we'll host Christmas at my house for my family. And then we'll head to Crossville mm. um, day after, I think, day after Christmas. So. Well, and then your birthday is the 28th. Yeah. Christmas yeah. Christmas birthday. It's coming up. That's a That's an interesting week because it is the forgotten week of the year. And I like it. Like this is an introvert. It's an introvert's dream to have a birthday on the twenty eighth because I don't really care. I'd just rather not be. I, I don't want to stand out for the wrong reasons. And most of the time, I'm happy not to stand out at all, which is interesting because I'm a guy who has to build platform a little bit and stuff. So this is therapy. Is I'm it? Saying. This okay. is yeah. It's good. I'm glad I could help. It's complex, but most people without Facebook, nobody would know that I had a birthday on December twenty eighth. Well, now everybody's going to know. And everybody's going to send gifts. Oh my god. We need a PO box. You mean like gifts? Gifs. Like they're going to yeah. send me a bunch of... We need a P.O. box for the podcast so people could send gifts to the show. That'd be great. You know, people want to send you things. Well, we just give them the church Poor address. John, he's got this birthday where they're always like, hey, for your birthday and Christmas, <laughs> this whole life, 
Even though I think you deserve it because you are a distraction from our Lord <laughs> at this time of year. I mean, all year, but People especially. People to focus on the Christ child and you're like, oh, I'm 32. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? That's weird. And I'm you're not, not even close you're to You're not 32. even close to 32. Yeah. It's 34 is closer. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. There was I, a comedian of the day and he had a line that I was like, I wish I'd written that line. It's like so easy. It's so easy. And he may have been that somebody else came up with it and it's just a hack line, but. He said, uh, I uh, recently turned 40, and everybody clapped, and he goes, uh, even more recently, I turned 48. <laughs> that's so funny. It's like, man, why didn't I think of that? What a great what a great joke. Yeah, that's kind of like the, hey, this is Laura. She's my first wife. <laughs> you know, it's, pre- it's a big preacher joke, you know. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, she's my only wife. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Did somebody, I, I always did, get uncomfortable when preachers tell that joke. Who was actually. it that was talking about, like, uh, their wife at a thing, pastor, and said that they can't be bought, but she can be rented. What was Lord. that? I can't remember what it was. It was like I, so. We're awkward. not going to say who it is, but <laughs> it was at a youth convention. I can't remember the context because, like, it sounds like there couldn't be any good context. No, for that. he was. So there's a joke it was about, about like currying favor with her, though. It was right, like, she what can't it, be bought. Well, that's a leadership thing to yeah. say, like, you know, hey guys, I can't be bought, but I can't be rented. Meaning, like, yeah, hey, I'm I'm just a little corrupt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> so he was trying to make the same joke. Yeah, it's but bad. it did not go over well when he told it to 2,000 teenagers oh. about his wife. Yeah, so it was a. Uh, you could, it's one of those, there's one of those, like, the second he said it, her eyes, and he, <laughs> and he looks over, and his face, it was like, oh, man. Yeah. I've, That's I don't a, know if I've been there. I'm trying to think of, I, it can happen to any of us, but yeah, I just try not to be too cutesy. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. During a wedding or a funeral, mm-mm, like, scripted. It's the only time in life that I script every. Oh word. right, yeah. Because you're afraid to just yeah. Because people people lock in on right. That'll be like somebody's tainted memory forever. Do you, Dave, take Jen? It's Rachel. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like exactly. Because I've could the last wedding could have been that. So like I and I practice. Their last wedding could have been that. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> it's his first wife. Um, so I yeah every every single time. So I script. I don't I don't give any chance. Now Sundays I don't script. You know I, I have a. <laughs> but man. Gotta script Maybe you things. should script Sundays. What are you saying? It would go a little better. Oh, you can't do no worse. Shorter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I was forty minutes last week. You Here, was preached last week. Yeah. So you're not preaching this week. Sorry, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So you're I, preaching this. week. I am preaching this week. Okay. I'm preaching on. This is interesting. The Advent calendar. There's there's many varied versions of it. Yeah. So I had a little freak out moment. I'd spent. There's cheese. There's chocolate. Uh, Wait, is that what you're talking there's about? There's wine. Yeah. I had spent my most of my day yesterday prepping for love and mm-hmm. not on the sermon and john just in life just prepping for just love prepping for love and Which i uh, think it's a very white song <laughs> <laughs> show you right and so it was a it was a he didn't say show you right he did not no i think he did was it him i think he was show, i think you're right show you right can't get enough of your love baby <laughs> Barry White said he lost – before he died, he said he lost like a bunch of weight. He famously lost uh, a ton of weight. And he said that how he lost the weight was he saw himself naked in the mirror one day. And that was like this jarring thing to him. That was like a famous article. Wow. And then I remember thinking like if I saw Barry White naked in the mirror, I, I would lose weight. I would lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, I realized like that – I wonder if I just prepped the wrong topic. Yeah. Because in a lot of Advent – Traditions, love is the fourth week of mm. Advent, and I was like, I know I somebody's gonna like nerdy. Go, Excuse, Excuse me, I think like, that we're supposed to be on peace today. Actually, it's joy. So anyway, that'd I, be a I, great thing to be like. This isn't right, and they're like, we're supposed to be joyful this week. But I am going to stand up then. This is who I am. Yeah, and I will make probably a disclaimer, like, hey, a lot of traditions do different things. Oh boy, and I'm already this week. We're doing love. And if you don't like it, you know where the door is. <laughs> if you don't hear about love, yeah. shut up and get out. Yeah. So, yeah, love. Are you going to be here? I'll be here, I think. Johnny, yeah. I, 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 I don't believe it's us. I get it. back Saturday night from uh, Holy Toledo. Dude, you in the audience, bro. It might make me go longer, though, because I feel so comfortable then. Right. You just be like, you explore. You're like, oh, Johnny's here. He's got my back. Yeah. I really do. I feel it's more like comfortable. a safety net. It's an introvert thing. And also an Enneagram Six thing, a loyalist. Like when the people of my inner circle are in the room, yeah. I'm more comfortable. It's crazy. 
Well, and we've had a lot of conversations together, especially since the podcast started. So I think what needs to happen is I need to have a live mic at my seat. That's a Would great that make idea. it? That's a great then idea. Then I can just interject and be like, John, I think what you meant was. I think what John's trying to say, <laughs> unsuccessfully. <laughs> yeah. And then like a single spotlight comes down on me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you need to speak one Sunday morning. I've tried to give you a, a Sunday morning and you wouldn't take it. Uh, no, I know. You go do it to weird. other churches. Why would you not do it here? It's weird. I don't know. Our, it's always weird with your home church. But I'm your inner circle and it. I'll be there. Yeah. See, you don't, you don't feel the same way. I only want to do it if you're not there. <laughs> Did you promise Could you me? Could you be gone? That you won't. Um, <laughs> one of these days. Well, you need to, man. I mean, I don't know, man. I just, just pull one of your people. recycled garbage sermons you go do for everyone else done and just bring it and here. Done. <laughs> it is Advent is one of those times you're like, man, if I really wanted to. Well, I, they've all, you know, there's so many Advent. I mean, it's, I, it's been I pretty could just pull been, my sermon from four years ago. Yeah, it's I all, been, love, it's all been done. I did not do that, but I could have. Wouldn't have anything wrong with it. Maybe it was bring, great. You better bring the fresh word, John. Just once, I want someone to walk up and go, wait a second. I think you recycled that. Because you know what it mean? They, they actually listened, listened yeah, to that's both. That's a good but, point. But no one ever does that. Yeah. I could recycle. Listen, I could recycle the sermon I did, I'm telling you, four weeks ago, and they wouldn't know. The you difference. could recycle another pastor's sermon they probably wouldn't know. Because, you know, no. I mean, they're, you don't think so? No, but I think it wouldn't like, be four that weeks. feels like Osteen. Give me four months, I could redo a sermon. They wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That could be Osteen. That's funny. Did he, you took, hey, he took that jars of clay thing for real, dude. He's got, he, he holds those treasures in his walls, like jars <laughs> of clay. <laughs> Did you see that he is one of the voices on the movie The Star? No. Have you seen The Star? No. But I, I knew it came out a couple Christmases I ago. I think Mariah Carey executive produced that. What? I, I, Sadie said that. Don't. So I'll have to verify with her. There's okay. no other way to know. But citation needed. It is, dude. The cast, the voiceover cast, and it's yeah. a really, really well done movie. How did Osteen get in there? I forget which one he is. It's one of the animals in the in the stable, I think, maybe. <laughs> but it's got uh, Zachary Levi is the the donkey. Um, it's got. I'm not gonna remember all these people now. It's a bunch, Johnny Sherman Chris, Helmsley. Chris Christopherson is in the movie. Okay. Um. We're going to have to look that up. Sam now. Elliott. <laughs> Did you know Sam Elliott's going to be in the new spinoff of Yellowstone, the 1883? You said Yellowstone. like Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah. Ram. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He seems like he could not be in anything that wasn't. Oh. He seems like his bu- his mustache is bulletproof. Yeah. He's ching, ching. would just bounce off like Wonder Woman's bracelets. Keegan Key is okay. uh, a voice... Let's see. Zachary Levi, Christopher Plummer, Ving Rames, Gabriel Iglesias, Kelly Clarkson, uh, Chris Christopherson, Kristen Chenoweth. And what the heck, Joel Osteen. Mariah Carey, Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, Tracy Morgan, Joel Osteen. Like, it's right there because I looked up. Yeah. Delilah from the radio. What? Yep. Uh, What's in your heart? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was a quite the it was quite the uh, cast list there. Man. So yeah, I, I actually really like that movie. It's it's a good movie. So uh, I don't think it's true to the biblical narrative per se. You mean with the, what with the talking with the animals saving Mary from they saved her the well I mean I hate to give it away it's a little extra biblical as we would say I, I hate to give it away but yes it's Mary a, survived apocryphal <laughs> extra biblical. And you know what, listener, we hope you've not found our podcast to be too extra biblical, um, that you have found that it was just biblical enough, you know, <laughs> just the right amount, <laughs> just the right amount of biblical, uh, man, you should go check out our website though. Lots of cool things happen in there. Talk about that podcast.com. Yep. And, uh, there you can find old episodes. You could find archives, new episodes. Yeah. You could find ones we haven't even recorded yet. Maybe push push the (laughs) buttons until you figure it out. We are about to add some elements. This is true. Now we said I said I didn't want to tease it because, but I'm going to tease it a little bit. We are about to add some really cool elements to the podcast that expands it. Uh, So we're actually in talks with other people helping us do that. So uh, stay tuned and be intrigued. Yeah, for that. That's all you're going to give them. You want to give them more? No, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about. You're afraid to overpromise and underdeliver. Absolutely. That is so. That is so six of you, John. I appreciate that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think what we need for Johnny, I need to buy you an Enneagram book for Christmas. Yeah. Enneagram, maybe an audio book. I'm not sure I'll get you to read one. Yeah, audio. But yeah, because yeah, I could listen on the plane or something. Yeah. You'd like it. Yeah, I got a couple, I got a couple ideas. So, but uh, maybe you guys would also like to follow Johnny and uh, yeah. his, his Instagram. Social media. Social media. J O N N I E W. Yeah. We know it's spelled weird, but do I'm, it anyway. I'm out there. You are. It's a growing platform, y'all. Listen, Johnny is conquering the worldwide. I stand interweb. completely still on stage, and I think it's because I imagine my platform to be that small that I don't want to step off <laughs> of it, John. And that won't that preach? Boy, come don't, on, guys. don't make a lot of sudden movements on your platform. Uh, okay? You start wandering around, all of a sudden, you're on shaky ground. Oh, my goodness. Your platform's on thin ice. Oh, wait. That metaphor has reached Yeah, you went too far. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> limits of that metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you guys can follow me as well. You can also check out my uh, latest book, Not So Black and White. And you can go to notsoblackandwhitebook.com. And thank all of you who have left reviews uh, and ratings. If you haven't done that yet, go over to Amazon and leave us a review and a rating. It really means a lot and helps out that book, helps the book to reach more people. Um, actually, just recorded a podcast on Jen Hatmaker's podcast, For the Love. Oh, nice. It will be coming out next year. So I'll give you guys a heads up when that uh, airs. So Get a little too big for your britches out yeah, there with Hatmaker. But if you go to uh, johndriver.com, you can find links to other interviews. Uh, if you'd like Dave Barnes, if we've done a Dadville podcast. If, if you like uh, GMA, you can check out that interview. So go and check out the book and check out the content on that. It's pretty cool. Johnny's all over Dry Bar. He's just conquering left and right oh, as well it's as in my blood. Amazon. I mean, guys, make sure that you're listening to his comedy and passing it along to family members for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, great. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on Talk About That. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.